0: Let me take you on a memory trip. Do you remember the early 2000s, the Bush-Cheney administration and liberals were absolutely losing their mind over the fact that Dick Cheney and Halliburton seemed to be dictating the agenda for America? That George Bush, when he first got in the office right before September 11th, he ran on limited government. He was running on all these great things. And that all went out the window after September 11th. And Dick Cheney seemed like he was actually president. He was the one in power. And boy, oh boy, that the Democrats seize on that as a talking point repeatedly. Now let's substitute many years later. Joe Biden is in office, doesn't do press conferences. He's got plenty of people making decisions for him. And the Democratic National Committee has just stated, no one will have to debate President Biden because they're going to just back him for the 2024 election. A man that will be 86 at the end of that term. Do you have confidence in Joe Biden running the country for another four years? Heck, I don't have a lot of confidence from running the country for another two years because I don't believe Joe Biden's the one pulling the strings. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Do. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. As always, you can go to www.americaoutloud.com where you can find hundreds of articles and shows from my colleagues here, people putting America first. You can also hear the America Out Loud talk radio network right on the website, or you can download an app onto your favorite mobile device and take the radio station with you on the go. It's a great win-win and all the shows are found on your favorite podcast networks accessible all over the world. Well, Friday of last week was uh, going great until about 3 p.m. I was leaving work, and I got to a red light with a a truck in front of me and some other vehicles. And about three months ago, I should have known this was a problem. About three months ago, I started having transmission problems with my vehicle. Uh, But when I say started having it, it didn't really happen again. It happened for uh, one time when I was driving, but the car started bucking. And thankfully, there was no one in front of me. But then it kind of clicked in and it's been running decent enough for like the past two and a half months. No issues. Make a long story short. Friday, I'm at a red light. The cars are in front of me. The green light turns. Cars start going. The truck in front of me starts going. I move my foot from the brake pedal to the gas pedal. And uh, as I do so, the white truck in front of me slams on its brake and comes to a stop. So I move my foot quickly over to my brake. But when I do so, my engine continued revving and bucking, and I went into the back of said truck. Now, it wasn't a high-speed accident. We're talking probably somewhere around 15, 20 miles per hour. Um, It knocked basically this truck's bumper down and bent it. And my hood, my side quarter panels, they all were pushed back and uh, broke both my headlights make a long story short my car would not drive anymore um, despite the fact it was a very low speed uh, impact so that was pretty upsetting for me that was a bad way to start and I waited for three hours for a tow truck to finally come get my vehicle got my rental on Saturday morning and uh, I'm just gonna wait to find out if my car's totaled or not hoping it's not because uh, if you've been watching or listening to my show talking about the economy. The last thing I was hoping to do is have to purchase a new vehicle, which is looking like what I may end up having to do. Yeah. Yikes. Anyway, that's not why you were coming to listen to my show. You were coming to listen to my show to hear about today's topic. Uh, I just like sharing a little bit of my life with you guys. You, You invest in listening to me each day. I might as well keep it current and let you know what's going on. All right. So, I've been thinking a lot about what's going on in our administrations, what's going on in the world, and I want to take you back to uh, simpler times. I want to take you back to the 2000s. During the 2000s, Democrats were rightly frustrated with the war profiteering and the Halliburton uh, organization. Now, if anybody does not remember, Vice President Dick Cheney was the CEO of Halliburton. Halliburton at the time, was running uh, very extensive oil pipelines, uh, working with uh, Bechtel, the Carlisle Group. They got multimillion-dollar contracts uh, through Iraq. Before that, they ran it through Afghanistan, and they created huge oil pipelines with their contracts. Now, this all ran back through the Bush White House decades Because when we look at who was in charge of that, you can go back to uh, Donald Rumsfeld, who sat on a board of a Swiss company at the time, that a $200 million contract with North Korea back in 1999. Now he served under George Sr. and then advised George W. Bush uh, and helped build uh, components for nuclear reactors there with that $200 million. But then the Bush administration, Dick Cheney, with Halliburton, their oil services, the construction companies that were doing businesses with the Pentagon. You know, this guy was CEO from 1995 to 2000 when he became the vice president. And yet, all of a sudden, we're going to war in all of the most profitable places in order to uh, bring freedom and democracy to those places. Meanwhile, we brought millions, if not billions of dollars, Halliburton and Dick Cheney. Uh, We brought way too much money in there. The war profiteering was quite, quite large. And people point to, well, Dick Cheney stepped down as CEO. However, when they looked into this uh, by 2006, they were finding that Halliburton was still sending him a ton of money. They were being awarded contracts from the United States government during that time. Uh, In fact, it went way back. Uh, to Halliburton working with Dick Cheney even when he was under uh, the Secretary of Defense under the original President George Bush so uh, when you when you look at this administration they absolutely deserved every little bit of criticism when it came to the military-industrial complex uh, came to Halliburton It came to war profiteering people wondering, do we really need to be in these wars, or is the Bush administration not really uh, looking out for taxpayer dollars and instead enriching the pockets of its own administration? Was Dick Cheney the one really pulling the the strings there? Was it the intelligence community that was doing the bidding there? Well, then after that, we get uh, Obama, And Obama was being criticized for a lot of different things. Uh, I always criticized Obama. Now, I didn't have a podcast to put my criticism out there. But my main thing that I always criticized Obama about was the fact that he was given a Nobel Peace Prize and then went on to kill with drones a absolutely shockingly amount of individuals outside of our country. If you don't believe that, look that up. There's plenty of articles that will tell you the tens of thousands of people killed by Barack Obama when we weren't in uh, a declared war in some of those areas, all in the name of stopping terrorism. And you look at Edward Snowden and you look at uh, Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks files And we have all the different information that went back from George Bush through the Obama administration, seeing that our military industrial complex was in many ways running the show that the department of defense was often in charge. And then we get to Donald Trump. Now there's two types of individuals in this conversation. There's individuals that can look at Donald Trump from an objective standpoint. And there's individuals that look at Donald Trump from a subjective standpoint. An example of that would be the Charlottesville remarks, where Donald Trump was painted as uh, being sympathetic to the Ku Klux Klan, neo-Nazis and white supremacists, because he said there were good people on both sides. But if you listen to the entire dialogue of that speech, he disavowed white supremacists, said there was no room for white supremacy, the Ku Klux Klan. There was no room for neo-Nazis in America. But the media did not play that. Now, why am I pointing out the fact that the Bush administration was compromised, both senior and junior, that likely we could go back and find things with Bill Clinton? I just didn't research that for today's show. The Obama administration... Also was compromised. The um, Biden administration, which I'm going to get to here today during the show and start talking to you about that, is compromised. Likely one of the least compromised administrations from an external factor, because I know what people are going to say. Well, it was internally compromised from an external factor is the Trump administration. Now, I I know immediately there's going to be the brainwashed people that go, Russia, he colluded with Russia. Read the Mueller report. I have. Um, I've also read all the redactions ever since with people saying, you know, this was nothing more than a DNC hit job, that there was not enough evidence here to be able to uh, convict him of anything, that there wasn't really a true Russia collusion. Uh, When we look at who is running the country under Donald Trump? Well, uh, you could probably still give some criticism about some of the people that he put into power. And it seems like every single time you'd put somebody in the power and they wanted to run the conversation, they wanted to be that external influence, they did not last long in a Donald Trump presidency. In fact, are do you know how many people resigned from uh donald trump's cabinet uh so let's just go through how many people had had gone uh out of his his way okay so uh let's see we got secretary of veteran affairs uh the first guy robert snyder left office just one month after taking office in 2017 the next guy, David Shukin, Shulkin, uh, lasted about a year and a month. Trump announced that Shulkin had been fired. Following his dismissal, controversy erupted about efforts by the White House to privatize VA healthcare and Shulkin's allegedly inappropriate taxpayer funded foreign trips. So he was fired there. Robert Wink, uh, Wilkie lasted two months. And then Peter O'Rourke lasted another uh, phew, another month. So the Secretary for Veterans Affairs was a revolving door. Then we got to the Deputy, Deputy Secretary of Veterans Affairs, uh, Gina Farisi, lasted one month. Scott Blackburn lasted uh, six months or so. Uh, we got Thomas Bowman, who lasted uh, a little over almost a year. And then James Byrne, Uh, who lasted from 2017 until February of 2020, lasted uh, basically most of the term. Uh, Let's continue to some other, the intelligence community, right? Uh, So Miro Park uh, was a three-day took office, left office. Mike Pompeo was in, uh, from January 23rd, 2017, to April 26th, 2018, then became the secretary of state. looks like got a promotion there. Then we got, uh, Gina Haspel lasted a year there. We have the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, two years, uh, Joseph McGuire then took over until the end, uh, director of national counterterrorism, we got Russell Travers, who lasted for a long time, national intelligence, Richard Grinnell. Uh, he was also the ambassador to Germany, but he only lasted about four months. I can continue to go down over and over again. And now if you remember, people would say, oh, well, this because no one wanted to work with Donald Trump. Um, let's repaint a different picture here. Let's paint a picture of if Donald Trump really is an outsider from the political parts, and he didn't understand how government was supposed to work. And he came in and he said, I'm going to do things my way. I don't want to listen to generals. I don't want to listen to all these other people, which if we're a compromised United States, that there's external influences that are running this country, then that would explain why Donald Trump would constantly be having people uh, resign, putting pressure on them. And constantly reappointing people trying to find the right pieces in now. Maybe I'm doing a little bit of a revisionist history here But to me this actually makes sense There's there's a reason why so many people were leaving this administration and that would likely be because Donald Trump did not want other people to be making the decisions for him he wanted to make the decisions again Uh, I know that some people aren't going to like that take. Some people are going to be like, well, he was making these choices to be sympathetic towards Russia. Bull, bull crap. That's not going to fly with me from an objective standpoint. You show me where all that comes from, and I will show you where all that comes from that's proven. All right. So uh, again, George Bush, Dick Cheney, you get Obama, then you get Trump. Can you find a reason then why people might want him out of office at the highest levels, why media might find him challenging? Well, I'm going to connect this to Elon Musk in the second half. And then I'm going to get to Joe Biden. And why is it that everybody's running cover for this man? They're encouraging another run. And now the Democrat national committee has committed the Joe Biden to the point where if anybody else wants the run for president, they're not going to get a chance. It's a corrupt process. But in order to understand where I'm going with Donald Trump, we've got to look at Elon Musk. You've got to see the way that the headlines treated him last week when the starship blew up. You have to see the way that Facebook gets covered versus the way that Twitter gets covered. And then you can look at Joe Biden and realize he's not Donald Trump. He's a puppet. He's somebody that's answering the Susan Rice, who's got ties back to the Obama administration. And I'll make that case during the second half of the show. Everybody, make sure you're going over to our sponsors on the America Out Loud Network. Uh, there's lots of great products for you guys to use. Highly recommend, personally, the Genesis HOCL Fogger. Get the Atomizer. Put in your home. Help protect yourself from viruses, bacteria, and mold. Go to genesisfogger.com backslash outloud, and you can get a discount. I'll be right back just a few moments. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden, to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Bold Americans. second half of the show. We're talking about how the presidential administrations largely have been compromised throughout the years by the intelligence agencies, by uh, foreign influences of lobbyists. And we're seeing that now with the Biden administration. We're seeing that it doesn't feel like Joe Biden's making a ton of decisions for himself, that there are people, uh, very powerful people, in play that are deciding where America is going to go. And no one's really covering the story. No one's really talking about, and I guess it's been a free pass every single time, because even when this was going on with Dick Cheney, you had people that were on Fox news saying that this wasn't happening. You know, you had MSNBC going after Dick Cheney and now that it is uh, Joe Biden, I guess maybe you might get some people on Fox news that call this out, but you're not getting a uh, true story in all of this too often? Well, there is a, a quick way to look at Donald Trump and Elon Musk and why I believe they're treated in a way that they're treated. Uh, there are people that no matter what the man does, they hate Elon Musk. They can't stand him. Now, Elon Musk has said he's trying to turn Twitter into uh, a bastion for free speech. And last week he had quite a crazy week. Uh, he launched the largest rocket in the history of rockets. And before the thing ever was launched, they told everybody, it will be an accomplishment if this thing even clears the launch tower. It was so large that the rocket could have easily exploded just on takeoff from how much heat there was. It was so large that the entire uh, support system could have melted because of how much time it would have sat at the bottom. It wasn't a typical rocket where it launches quickly up into the air. It was going to take time to get inertia, to leave uh, gravity behind and counteract to be able to launch up. And so it clears the tower. It goes up for almost three minutes before it spins. And when it's supposed to release the next capsule, which was supposed to go in orbit for a brief period before coming down in the Pacific. When it goes to release that, it wouldn't release. And the news headlines for Elon Musk were absolutely disgusting. And even uh, people that I know, their comments laughing about it, saying, you know, did you see uh, Elon Musk, uh, the, the coverage here that his rocket blew up, his $3 billion rocket? What a genius! You morons. He is a genius or SpaceX is a genius, I should also say, because the truth of the matter is that this was not a failure. It was a huge accomplishment for the human race to be able to launch something that high up and get it there. And from the data that they get from that, SpaceX was celebrating. They, they cracked bottles of champagne because now they can perfect it fix what went wrong and start sending people up in the space on these new, new rockets. Elon Musk and SpaceX have done more for space exploration than NASA and the government has done over the last 30 years. NASA has not done anything meaningful in decades and SpaceX has helped the United States still have a role in the international space station. They've helped millions of dollars if not billions of dollars worth of equipment get up in the space um i think it was stephen king he recently had a dispute on twitter with elon musk because his blue check mark was taken away and elon musk was like all right i'm sure you know i'll pay for it and then stephen king got mad because he paid the $8 for Stephen King, which really, I'm sure he's not paying the $8. Just like, whatever, just have your blue check mark. And he was trolling him. And Stephen King said, how, how about you donate some money? Uh, and instead of just giving this $8, you know, why don't you do something meaningful? And Elon Musk had a great burn. He's like, well, I've donated a hundred million dollars to the Ukraine to help him in the war. You know, people forget about all the stuff that Elon Musk does, just as people will forget about all the good things that Donald Trump did. Uh, they paint onto the things or they they uh, switch, I guess, the um, they switch the coverage to the way that they want to see it subjectively. It's not objective. And so Elon Musk gets biased coverage in the media. In fact, uh, it, all sides, which I, I, I like as a just general resource, All sides covered this back in 2022 when Elon Musk started to uh, open back up and reinstate banned Twitter accounts. They started looking at the news headlines of what was going on from an Elon Musk standpoint. And they showed that left rated news sources were saying that Elon Musk was opening the gates of hell. Musk says he will revive banned accounts. And they also were using uh, these media companies were using very subjective qualifying adjectives in their pieces. They also were giving, for example, a high profile far right Twitter accounts, including Jordan Peterson, a professor who was banned from Twitter for misgendering a trans person and the Babylon a conservative media company. Now later uh, they also talk about other journalists as far right influencers. They call Tim pool, as a right-wing YouTube star. And so these are adjectives that are very subjective, that make things seem politically motivated. And it seems like all the news media uses these things anytime Elon Musk or Donald Trump was making a point. There's bias in these viewpoints. And so many people just ignore these type of headlines. Now, Fox News, they also... Have a right bias, all right. So when they go for this, uh, they might say things like Musk torpedoes Axios report on lives at risk of reinstating Twitter accounts. Much ado about nothing. Now that's sensationalism, right? Fox using torpedoes, lives at risk. That's just as bad as what the left's doing. That's why I keep saying to everybody that the bias on both sides is horrible. Because the objective truth of what's going on is perhaps Elon Musk really is allowing free speech. If he wasn't allowing free speech, then perhaps people like Bette Midler, who went off on a tangent because she lost her almighty blue checkmark, saying, I've done so much for Twitter. I've given free content for years. How dare you take away my blue checkmark? (laughs) Which is just absolutely laughable. The celebrities... If you think that your blue check mark makes you a better person than the rest of us, screw you. Absolutely screw you. You're a celebrity for what? For for acting really cool? For singing a song really well? For playing basketball at a high level? You know, at the end of the day, we're all the same. And these individuals that are taking this uh, blue check mark thing, That, that might be another show for another day, but even the coverage on the subscription service of Elon Musk, this this all ties together. I promise even the coverage of Elon Musk on this Twitter stuff, right? Instagram is launching their own verified service for 1199 a month. Now Instagram is publicly traded. Twitter is privately owned. Why does Instagram have to have people pay for this type of thing? Well, quite honestly, it's because maybe Elon Musk is actually on something about verifying identities in whichever way they can. That sounds like something that might be really possible. Now, if there are shadow people in the government that are trying to control things, then it makes sense that Elon Musk would be getting attacked. It makes sense that Donald Trump would be under a microscope and attacked if the Bush administration, the Obama administration, the Biden administration are all listening and being controlled by other individuals. So who is in charge of the Biden administration? That question could largely be unanswered because I believe it is one where you're going to have to talk about shadow government. And there is a such thing as a shadow government. Everything from what lobbyists don't want you to see to the military industrial complex. There are people in charge and always have been and always will be that are plotting a different course than the official ones that we are all voting for. But one individual that showed up during the Obama administration and continues now in the Biden administration is Susan Rice. Now, Susan Rice is the domestic policy advisor in the ad Biden administration. She is the person who, according to the whitehouse.gov page, drives the formulation implementation of President Biden's domestic policy agenda from economic mobility, racial equality, to healthcare and immigration. Look at what a wonderful job she's doing on immigration. Federal coming over the border, millions of illegals just under President Biden's time, less secure borders, Our economic mobility is absolutely horrible right now Uh, when we talk about what's coming down, inflation that's running away. If by economic mobility, she means enabling Janet Yellen to just print as much money as possible and making that part of the policy, then Susan Rice is doing a great job driving this country straight to a grave. Now, she previously was President Obama's representative to the United Nations from 2009 to 2017. She even became the the National Security Advisor. Uh, She is uh, an individual that I believe, because of her ties back to the Obama administration, when you say that you you have people like Obama who probably is still in charge in many ways, Susan Rice is a little bit of proof of that, that the... Obama uh, administration is likely still running the show with Joe Biden as the prop piece. He's the puppet quite literally at this point in time until I start seeing him do press conferences and being able to to talk through things in a coherent manner on a consistent basis. I'm going to continue to say he's a puppet but Susan Rice to me is is one of those people that I believe is the most common most common uh, person I would look at as far as who is likely in charge right now that then Joe Biden says, yep, that's what we're doing. You know, she had uh, really gone after Joe Biden on gun rights and said, this is what we need to do. And now look at Joe Biden. He's like, well, this is what we're going to do. She has about a dozen people that work for her Uh, They're currently working on what they call modest gun reforms. Talk to people in 2A, and they're going to think that this is not uh, simply modest. Um, There's lots of stories that are out there already uh, about Susan Rice from people that have worked with her. Uh, One of the quotes that I I, I was reading (laughs) is that she has a notorious sharp tongue, and she uses profanity all the time. Uh, They call her perfectionist. But the the biggest quote that came out of the story by Politico is that they said that she has territorialism. She bristles at those in the administration who she believes are encroaching on her turf. But even what's more telling in the story was they said they thrown brushback pitches at vice president staff on maternal mortality and voting rights. And a White House official said, she's like, why is this person proposing policy? We are the policymakers, and that person is already at the table. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So Susan Rice is the policymaker, and that person is her. Not Joe Biden. Not Kamala Harris. Joe Biden's not at this table when Susan Rice is making the policy. She's telling Joe Biden, here's what we're going to do, Joe. This is what you stand for. You don't believe that. I don't know what else to tell you. It's it's all in this political story. It outlines it extremely well. When you get to uh, immigration policies, are you happy with what's going on at the border? Because apparently, you know, I know Kamala Harris, she was supposed to oversee that. I wouldn't trust Kamala Harris with overseeing a toddler, uh, let alone our, our borders, our immigration policies. But Susan Rice, at the end of the day, It comes down to her and she says that she's been working on this for over two decades with individuals. Why don't we have results? Well, at the end of the day, it comes down to there's certain things that they don't want to have results for. Look at the photos of when Joe Biden signs things as well. Hmm. They're all celebrating. Sometimes, even with Rice in the photo. Pay attention to that as well. Now, I'm not saying that Susan Rice is the end-all, be-all director of all of this, but if you want to tie back to the Obama administration and Biden, much like you can look at George W. Bush and Dick Cheney tying back to the original George Bush Sr. presidency, I think you can make a solid case for it. And you want to talk about why the media covers... These individuals, the way that they do, they give Biden a free pass on all these things. Well, it's because the media has always been a shill for these shadow governments in the background. It's the truth of the matter. Now there is also journalism that has reported truth. I, I, I love to see that, but I don't see that right now going on in our country. We have a media crisis across the board as far as uh, trust in media, honesty in media, ethics in media. We're getting stories that always have some type of bias and sensationalism, depending on where you're getting it. One of the only places that I I like to kind of see news right now, and you can take this for what it's worth. I'm really enjoying CBS News and ABC News when it comes to their nightly news reports. The problem that I have with both of them, though, is they're not reporting and investigating the stories that matter. And that leaves us with a big problem. So as we get to Joe Biden right now, the Democrat National Committee released a statement just a few days ago stating that they were not going to allow any debates against Joe Biden, which means that Robert Kennedy Jr., who announced his bid for presidency as a Democrat to go against Biden, his election bid is already dead in the water. Now, if somebody like Hillary Clinton were to all of a sudden say that she wanted to run for president, would that change the DNC? Likely, but I'm guessing that the fact that they put this out there already, the DNC has no intention of putting up any of their candidates. So it's going to be a bunch of people like Robert Kennedy Jr. Maybe we'll get a few other people, but no one else is going to challenge that seat. And so who's the losers? America. America's the losers because the next election is going to be underwhelming. It's going to be Donald Trump and Joe Biden part two. The only thing that I can look at from this election standpoint is this. We're going to have two really old men at this point in time, two old men that likely shouldn't be running for president when you get down to where things are. But the fact that they are tell you that our country is in complete crisis. It tells you that our ideas are failing us as far as the new lawmakers, the new people coming up, that there's nothing good in the bullpen for us to go to. And so we get screwed with a bad decision on either side. And I mean that because of all the baggage that Donald Trump carries with him, it's a bad decision. The only thing that I like about Donald Trump over Joe Biden is if my theory is correct about a shadow government, at least I know Joe, Joe Biden, or I'm sorry, at least I know Donald Trump is looking out for his own self-interest and likely looking out for the country from that standpoint. And he wants America to be successful because it will help his self-interest in the future for his family. Joe Biden, I don't know who's behind Joe Biden. It doesn't seem to always have American self-interest with the way that our money's being spent, the way that I feel like our country's becoming less safe, the dollar is being decentralized, and Joe Biden's not saying a word. So between the two, I guess Donald Trump will likely probably have a better campaign. Although I think that with the different legal battles that he has, they're going to bury him on that. But really, if it's Donald Trump and Joe Biden, they're the only two decisions we get. We're losers. America's losers. If no one else come up and the DNC, shame on you for making us losers. It's like a uh, doc Oz versus Fetterman. It was a, a loser versus loser standpoint in Pennsylvania. And it looks like it's going to be that way in 2024. And I'm not happy. I'm not happy because I feel like uh, it's all been manipulated in order for people to feel a certain way. And really the only way to get through this manipulation is find somebody that doesn't answer is not beholden to the lobbyist and big government. I, I think that that might be a fairy tale. I'm not sure that it actually exists. And on top of that. Uh, that's the only way that there's going to be a reset in thinking, and it's just not going to happen. So I would say if I had to be a betting man right now, if Donald Trump can beat the legal woes that he has in front of him, Donald Trump is your president in 2024. Should he live to it? And, uh, I mean that not as like, you know, some nefarious thing. It's just, I think that both these men, Biden and Trump, their days are numbered. You can't walk with that type of stress or health conditions if you're Biden and make it that long. That's all I have for you today. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Uh, It's been a fun one. Uh, As always, if you'd like to support me in my endeavors and my work, um, feel free to reach out Americaemboldened.com. I have a uh, GoFundMe. Yeah, I don't have a GoFundMe. I have a Give, Send, Go, as well as you can buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, And I could use that cup of coffee right now as I look for a new vehicle to get me to and from work. I'm using my insurance's uh, rental at the present moment. Uh, So if you'd like to help get me a new vehicle to get back and forth to work, uh, I'd appreciate it. Not going to say no to that. Uh, But I'll continue bringing you some great content throughout this week. I'm going to think a little bit more about the compromise. But if you're in the uh, Democrat Will you please stand up the way that you stood up against George Bush and start demanding answers about who's making the decisions for Joe Biden? Will you start looking at the headlines against Elon Musk in a sensational way, in a way that's completely, completely uh, subjective, not objective? That's all I'm asking all of you. All right, everybody, you've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.